Red Pill Torah, calling believers from man's institutions to God's instructions. In less than one week, we will celebrate another one of the Father's holy times. I'm Tim. And I'm Miss. And that holy time we will be celebrating is called Shavuot. Amen, Mama. And for our listeners, you can email us at redpiltorah at gmail.com. Follow us on redpiltorah.podbean.com. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, Spotify, Listen Notes, iHeartRadio, and Stitcher. We'd love to hear from you. And don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. And send us a shout-out from what state you're in. Or let us know what you'd like to talk about. Um, a special shalom goes out to our new listeners in South Carolina and Switzerland. Amen. So, for the past six weeks, we've been counting the days as the Father instructed us. Mm-hmm. If you don't know what that's all about, please check out our episode 36 called Count the Weeks. It will tell you all about what believers are supposed to do leading up to Shavuot. Now, Shavuot means weeks in Hebrew. And this holy day is probably better known in the uh, Christian world as Pentecost. Yes, the same Pentecost that's celebrated in churches all over the world. Mm-hmm. Now, and it's not always on the same date as the church observance, but there is a fascinating connection, and we'll talk more on that later. Now, Shavuot is also one of Elohim's appointed times. And please check out episode six called God's Calendar for an overview on the list of appointed times. You know, some Jewish people refer to Shavuot as the birthday of Judaism. Oh. Some church people refer to Pentecost as the birthday of the church. Wow. You know, it's kind of funny how that worked out. Mm-hmm. I think we have to go back at least as far as Abraham, if not as far back as creation, to trace the beginning of our faith. More on that maybe in a future podcast, but the first Shavuot was an immensely impactful day. I can certainly understand why it's so meaningful to the Hebrew people. I know. Just imagine the most momentous event in your life and then multiply it exponentially. Mm -hmm. That's what happened with the children of Israel. For almost 50 days, Elohim guided them through the desert to Sinai. And when they arrived with over 600,000 men, besides children and women, and a mixed multitude of other peoples, they prepared themselves to have an audience with Jehovah himself. They didn't know what to expect, but Moshe, their leader, told them that Elohim wanted them to be his special people above all other peoples, that they would be a kingdom of priests to him, a holy nation. All they had to do was obey his voice and keep his covenant. It sounds like a pretty good deal, don't you think? Mm-hmm. They had already seen what he had done to Egypt and its armies. He controlled all of nature. He rained bread from heaven for them, sprung up waters in the desert, delivered them out of slavery. Of course, they said yes. So after Moshe relayed their answer to Jehovah, he told Moshe to tell them to wash themselves and their clothes and prepare to meet him in three days. That's the 50th day. Mm -hmm. Now on this, the first Shavuot, the people of Israel gathered as Elohim instructed. They saw fire, smoke, and felt the mountain and the earth tremble violently. Then they heard the Creator's voice 
giving what we know as the Ten Commandments. Please check out our episodes 28 through 32 and episode 35 for more on what Elohim said that day. Up to this point, Elohim had only spoken to Moshe. Now many scholars see the events on the first Shavuot as a wedding between Elohim and the people of Israel. Like a wedding, there was a proposal. See Exodus chapter 19 verses 3 through 6. There was an exchange of vows. See Exodus 24 verse 7. And even a wedding reception. See Exodus 24 uh, verses 9 through 11 for that. Later in the Torah, Elohim gave instructions about how to commemorate Shavuot. Leviticus 23 verses 15 through 22 instruct us to count the Omer. Upon the 50th day, bring two loaves of leavened bread to wave before Jehovah, because it is the celebration of the first fruit of the wheat harvest. In addition to this, they are, there are specific burnt offerings, meal offerings, sin offerings, and peace offerings to give to Jehovah. We are to also have a holy convocation and not do any work. Now, since we are not in Jerusalem and there is no temple or Levitical priesthood at this moment, we commemorate the day as much as the word of God allows. Deuteronomy 16, verse 9 through 12 instructs us to give a free will offering according to how Jehovah has blessed you. Rejoice before Jehovah and remember what happened to the children of Israel in Egypt. Mm -hmm. Today, many people read the entire book of Ruth during this celebration. They eat dairy products and give an offering to their ministry as well as help the poor or widowed. Now, I know many believers who were raised in church may ask what Shavuot or any of the other holy days has to do with being saved. Now remember, in Leviticus 23, the Father described these times as His feasts, not Jewish holidays or optional observances if you care to sample a little Jewish culture and flavor once in a while. So, since these times are His feasts, and you are His, then why would you not want to know more about these times and celebrate as He instructed? Do you think Yeshua died on the cross so you would be free from celebrating His Father's feasts? Nope. What would you do if you discovered that the way you live your life and some of your beliefs were out of line with His instructions? Would you take the blue pill and pretend that Shavuot is just another Sunday at church? Or would you take the red pill and honor this holy time set apart by your Father in heaven? Only you can answer that question. Remember, these are His feasts, so He's expecting to see you there, if you belong to Him. Now speaking of belonging to Him, the events in Acts 2 happened during Shavuot. And it probably is well known by many Christians. It reads, When the day of Pentecost, or Shavuot, had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly a sound came from heaven like a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. There appeared to them tongues resembling fire, which were being distributed, and they rested on each of them. Now we're talking about the disciples in this scripture. I'm with you. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. 
and there were dwelling in Jerusalem devout men out of every nation under heaven. When they heard the noise, the multitude came together and were confounded because every man heard them speak in his own language. And then it goes on. We do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. Mm -hmm, that's what they said. And one of the great things about Shavuot is the purposeful inclusion of Gentiles, I mm -hmm. think. You know, in the first Shavuot, Miss, you mentioned the um, mixed multitude that left Egypt. Now, these former slaves were from various parts of the known world, and many of them became part of Israel and party to the covenants. Yep. Miss, you also mentioned the uh, Jewish people's tradition of reading from Ruth during Shavuot. I don't believe that's a coincidence at all. I think it's the work of Elohim, even if Jewish leaders don't recognize it. In the Torah's instruction for celebrating Shavuot, Gentiles were mentioned as participants in the rejoicing. Mm -hmm. The scriptures you just mentioned from Acts tell us that there were Hebrew people from all over the world, all over the known world, with proselytes or converts to Judaism, and Gentiles from Rome. These people were from Africa, Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. We know that later in the book of Acts, a Gentile Roman soldier named Cornelius received the same Ruach HaKodesh that came on Shavuot. That's right. He and his household. So in our Father's house, there are indeed many rooms for all nations. Amen. I agree, Daddy. And Yeshua said, if it weren't so, he would have told us. Mm-hmm. Amen. So, listeners, you may ask, why should we celebrate Shavuot? I mean, I understand that it happened, and I'm not Jewish, and I'm saved now, and I don't need to know this stuff, one might say. The reason why you should celebrate is because Jehovah made it an everlasting statue. Amen. See Leviticus 23, verse 21. Secondly, as a grafted-in member of the family of Jehovah, as Daddy mentioned, it's important to remember this auspicious and monumental time and teach it to our children. Thirdly, because it represents a prophetic piece in Jehovah's plan of salvation for the world. Yep. I'm talking about our salvation, or better yet, or better said, our redemption. And what am I talking about? Why, why am I saying this, you may ask. In Jeremiah 31, verse 33, Jehovah says, But this will be the covenant I will make with the house of Israel. After those days, I will put my law in their minds and write it in their hearts, and I will be their Elohim, and they will be my people. Please see episode 26 called Let's Make a Deal for more on this topic. Now, before Yeshua was resurrected and ascended into heaven, he promised his disciples that he would send the Comforter, or the Ruach HaKodesh, who would be with them and in them forever. That is what Jeremiah was referring to in Jeremiah 31. Mm. On Shavuot, the Ruach HaKodesh was sent and things similar to what happened at the first Shavuot happened again. That's a good point, Mama. You know, on the first Shavuot, he gave us his instructions. On the Shavuot in Acts 2, he gave us the Holy Spirit, the Ruach HaKodesh, to help us to understand and better follow his instructions. Yep. Now, both times, 
The eyewitnesses saw fire and heard the words of Elohim spoken in a language that they could understand. Also, the eyewitnesses included Hebrew and Gentile people. In the first Shavuot, the participants obeyed Elohim's instructions. They washed their clothes and purified themselves in preparation for the meeting with Elohim. In the Shavuot from Acts chapter 2, Yeshua's disciples obeyed his instructions. They returned to Jerusalem and waited for the promise of the Father. We could go on with the similarities, but I hope you see by now that what happened on both observances of Shavuot is eternally linked and they're part of Elohim's plan. Amen. So, now that you know what it's all about and why you should celebrate it, how should we celebrate it? Well, we mentioned that a little earlier, and scriptures give us plenty of clues. There should be a holy convocation. So if you know of any congregations getting together for Shavuot, see if you can attend. If not, find some like-minded believers and have your own get-together. Observe the no-work command. Give an offering to a ministry. Give food or money to the poor or widowed while you're sharing the gospel as you go. Praise Jehovah for giving you the resources so you can give an offering. Study the book of Ruth. Listen to Red Pill Torah with friends. I had to throw that in, Daddy. That's a good suggestion. And be prayerful and intentional about commemorating this time. We will. Send us your suggestions. Well, that's it for today's podcast. Please go back and listen again to what we shared. Read over the scriptures and discuss them with your family and friends. Thanks for spending 15 or so minutes with us at Red Pill Torah, where you can handle the truth.